Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Before confronting this feeling of guilt for putting yourself first, how do you get over the feeling of disappointment and pain mm. for no one putting you first? Parents that are allowing their children to step up into roles of responsibility, companionship um, and parentification because of the absence. You are punishing a child that did not have a say into their existence. Don't despise those days of small beginnings, especially if it gives you peace of mind. In terms of like dealing with the guilt, Mm. I ain't going to lie to you. You might have to make the move before the guilt catches up. Because... Hello and welcome to the To My Sisters podcast. I'm Renee. And I'm Courtney and we are your online sisters and hosts of the To My Sisters podcast. Now we are all about promoting the wellness, growth and development of a community of sisters across the world. And in today's episode, we are going to be revisiting a very, very relevant topic for the sisters. (laughs) Eldest daughter syndrome, baby. Okay, so it's two people who have recently, well not recently, like after a couple years ago, left home as eldest daughters of immigrant parents how do you establish boundaries how do you flee the nest without feeling guilt and how do we navigate through eldest daughter syndrome wow what's next huh that's a deep one that's a deep one for today yeah 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 very so any housekeeping any Um, announcements i guess more so just a reminder of the vision 22 challenge first oh yeah 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 yeah. ladies there is still time about two more weeks left to get in those workouts so even if you've been mad inconsistent the first two weeks of october there is still two more weeks to get in three workouts in a row in a week it can be any days in the week as long as you get them across the week that's it (laughs) it could be a cheeky walk it could be a pick up a dumbbell could be a nice little run We just need to see that you've been active at least three times per week and you could be in with a chance of winning 100 GBP. Lit. Get working, sis. Nice, nice. I don't know if we've, because we've been putting out pre-recorded episodes, I don't know if we've said thank you for a sold out show yet. Yeah, we got to do it. Oh, have we done that? No, I don't think we have. Okay. I don't think we have. A massive thank you. For selling out the Two My Sisters live Dang. show. I don't know if we've said it before. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Both of our minds are not fully here today. But we just want to say a massive thank you. This is completely surreal. Honestly. I didn't. I wasn't even aware that the tickets were selling out because I was a bit scared. So I just put my <laughs> phone on DND. And then um, I got a FaceTime from a friend. And she was like, congratulations. I said, oh, what? what's going on she said you sold out honey like, these tickets are just going like that like oh, that i said yeah. they came out like 13 minutes ago yo and guys <laughs> when we say all the tickets are done they're done like members oh. of our team are standing oh they're really standing honestly we cannot say thank you enough like we 4x the capacity for this year's live show and you guys have still packed it out and it's going to be absolutely amazing Incredible. and if you have not seen listen let me bring up my mic. Let me bring up my mic. So essentially, right? Um, 
everything happened so quickly and we didn't, not that we didn't have time, but we thought we would still be able to announce panelists and that would encourage more of you to buy tickets. But y'all said you are coming for us. Hello. As long as we're there, you'll actually be there. Hello. Um, which is crazy in itself. But we announced our panel. Jeez. pursuing your goals with confidence okay we're about to have a panel conversation and the sisters are rolling out for this one. Oh yeah we have the sisters coming to talk all right this ain't just us the, the sisters are coming to talk let me tell you about the tell avengers them. tell them tell them that are coming to assemble tell on them. november 12th at rio cinema <laughs> we have <laughs> our resident vixing star i literally can't i actually can't mrs lydia Misses, did you hear misses. that? When she was here last, she was a miss. But ah, now now she's, she's a missus. Levels have changed. <laughs> I'm telling you. Levels have changed. <laughs> Levels have changed. Lydia Dingar is going to be on our panel talking about pursuing your goals with confidence. That's what the, the panel is all about. Yeah. The next. Jeez. We've reviewed her book. Oh, child. Sis is changing the world. Hell, like literally. Like literally actual like, changing change the world. Maker, and like... that's our sis. V Kativi. Oh, I don't think you know who it's we're talking warm. about. It's, it's getting warm. Someone who, UN, I don't know if you've heard, but. Some of you guys can't even recite the alphabet to mm. you. She's Crazy. out here. And last but not least. Oh, man. Misconfidence herself. Ah, confidence and killing it. What? Tiwa from Confident and Killing ah, It. Oh, my God, stop it. Stop it. Let me pack my bag Author. and be going. Mazali. So we've got homeowners. Home Harvard owners. grads. Oh, hello. World changers. Hello. Authors. Not to mention. Confidence masters. And that's just the panel. And the <laughs> host, the wickedest and the baddest. <laughs> the hostess with the maestess. She makes her grand return. Mrs. Adela Fadi. Ah, it's a lot. She's coming to host I the whole event. Say, if you lacked, you lacked sincerely. Like we really said is Power Rangers. actually the ultimate announcement. <laughs> Why have you not signed up to the mailing list? Do you see how you're doing yourself? Some of you were signing up to the mailing list at 11 a.m. Who did you think you were coming to meet at 11 a.m.? <laughs> Emails had already been sent out, baby. The tickets, the... the and once, it, once tickets are gone, they're gone. And sisters, when we say this is about to be the live show of a lifetime, it really is. Because not only do we have panelists, a fantastic host, a wonderful like live podcast recording, <sighs> but we have all sorts of treats coming yeah. up in that live show. Yeah. So many big announcements that the ladies that are attending will hear first. Like big announcements. 2023, oh. they call it the year of the sisterhood. Oh. I hear. Oh. So if y'all are sick of us now... Oh, just go it's and take some antacids and some Pepto-Bismol already. <laughs> <laughs> it's about to be chronic. Get your lactase. Bring a brown All bag. you're going to see... Hello? You're Sorry. just going to see us. So Prepare we are... Be sick of us. Sick. Yeah. So look, the next time we yeah. have an event... Honestly, be there. Honestly, be there. But also like to meet everybody. Yeah. No, we're um, so these excited. are amazing touch points to actually meet other people. Not just, you know, the, the amazing women we've mentioned or even ourselves, but actually to meet the sisters in the sisterhood who are 10 times as lit, 10 times as awesome, doing amazing things and who are just amazing people. And we really want you to touch and connect with them and to make friends, people you can go and get dinner with after or lunch after. So please, please don't lack next time. It's okay. It's all right. There'll be more. Long live the sisterhood. But 
Man, you know what's really like been beautiful the about yeah. to my sisters though is a lot of the events that we're doing, we're really seeing friends. Like, yeah, yeah, merge. Like we're really seeing a lot of people yeah. make friends from yeah. this kind of situation. Like we've got girls, especially the girls from like Zanzibar. It fills me with so much joy to see that friendships have continued long after the event. So honestly, in a time where, look, we're heading into winter, it's yeah, getting dark yeah. and cold and we're trying to bring some light yeah. into the world. So please, please, please get plugged into the community now. We're about to like, take off this is take off we're we're gathering the girls it's yo and not to mention our, oh, so many housekeeping mm. our book is coming out soon oh guys guys they sent us a pdf of our book yeah live guys this book is real <laughs> <laughs> you know we were typing away but it was all just faith it's, you it's, know it's, this book is actually real, real thing. it has a layout it, it has a cover it has dedications it has, it a, has a, a letter of contents, a list in, of contents. Yo, this book is coming out soon. And look, we just want to let you know when that pre-order link comes out. Please, 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 please. This is probably going to be a recurring announcement every week until We might need to get like here, t-shirts right? that have the book on the front. Ordered with the hyperlink yeah. and everything. <laughs> please, I beg you in the name of God. <laughs> When that book comes out, no matter where you are, order it. Order. <laughs> um, but yeah, the book is coming along and watch yeah. this space. And we just want to say a big, big shout out to our team at Bluebird and oh, Mac. Man. You guys are absolutely killing it. Man. Shout outs, especially to Mireille. Mireille, Mireille you're the love of our life. Mad. Yo. But Mireille. Love of our life. Talk about rocking for the girls. Rocking for the girls. Because I'm telling you guys, this book would have looked. Ah. Somehow, somehow. Everyone Everything. came with their creative ideas, you know, but that book would have looked, but Mireille, she fought for us. Ride or die, ride yeah. or die. So honestly, thank you, Mireille. I think that's about it for the housekeeping. Oh, I guess the rest is just be blessed and prosperous. <laughs> 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 to the dilemma. To the dilemma. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. That is so funny. <laughs> hey, sisters, my dilemma mm. is that my mother is driving me crazy. Oh. I'm a <laughs> <laughs> right in there she said let's get to the no, point good morning. <laughs> no 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 no, no. Good none of that fancy Jeez. stuff this is in need okay i'm a firstborn daughter in a brown household led by a single mother after my parents got divorced my mother became the primary caregiver and that was the beginning of hell for me oh. she doesn't respect my boundaries and expects me to take care of her and my two sisters because according to her i owe her since she took care of me when i was younger my mother is 47 and has numerous degrees and diplomas but has no desire to work mm -hmm. i have tried to get her numerous of jobs in her field but she either doesn't apply for the jobs or doesn't attend the interviews when i first started working i had no problem chipping in and helping out with certain bills including the school fees of my sisters wow. but as time went by my mother has just stopped paying any of the bills including buying groceries and would expect me to do it i expressed to her that the bills were too much for me to handle on my own but her response was always gaslighting me i'm now at a point where i might have to drop out of uni to keep up wow. with the bills and she doesn't seem to care the other thing is that she has been pressuring my boyfriend and I to get married. I've been with my partner for over three years and we are planning on moving in together soon. The relationship has been amazing, but we have no desire to ever get married. We mm. both agreed to remain in a relationship between, oh, sorry. We both agreed to remain in a relationship without being bound by marriage. My mother knows 
business and the reason behind our decision, but still keeps insisting we get married. She constantly calls my partner to tell him about it and then even threatens to stop me from seeing him if he doesn't propose. My partner never complains about it, but I can tell that he's bothered by it Mm. and I don't know what to do. Please help her sister out. Damn. When she said this, I said, "This is the yeah, this is a multi so, yeah, She really said, "No, good morning." She, I get it. The morning let's is not get good. Straight to let's the go. Issue. First of all, sis, I'm so sorry that you're actually going through this kind of situation, and it seems quite dire and quite extreme. Yeah. So it might actually necessitate an extreme response. Mm-hmm. I think my first port of call, and this is from a place of privilege, so we'll kind of like go down the different like sliding scales, I suppose. If you can like move out, or if you can like get into a space that's away from your mother i highly highly recommend i know that not everybody has the capacity mm-hmm. to do this and very much bearing in mind your financial situation right now contributing to bills and all that kind of stuff but i would genuinely say if you can start planning your escape route even if it's you know renting you're blessed that you're with your boyfriend i don't know if you guys can like expedite the process maybe that might help um insofar as just you two moving in together maybe mm-hmm. a little bit sooner than expected mm-hmm. even if it's not like a super nice place But I do think that some kind of distance and I mean physical distance can really, really help that situation because as you've kind of like mentioned, you've spoken to her about this numerous times. She's gaslit you. And this is something that's been escalating quite seriously. So I would say plan that escape route, expedite the process and try and move out if you can. If that's not something that's possible in the foreseeable future, maybe over the course of the next few months or the next year, it might actually again necessitate some extreme... (sighs) some extreme boundaries which will actually hurt Mm. so it might look like you having to scale back on some of the bills and I think it also necessitates having conversations with your sisters as well um I think there is a heavy parentification going Mm -hmm. on um you haven't mentioned much about your father and how Mm -hmm. much he's contributing um depending on how active he is I'll assume that you know you have at least a working relationship with him he needs to be in the picture Mm -hmm. he's you know she had the kids with him your sisters you know I mean not you so they're not your responsibility and I know it's hard because you love them Mm -hmm. but given the fact that you know these are not your children these are your sisters you don't have a responsibility to take care of them Mm -hmm. that is the duty of care of your parents especially if your mother has multiple degrees she's capable of working um it might actually be indicative of some kind of like mental health issue that she might be going through. Um, So if so, that might be the case of, you know, treading carefully and perhaps having conversations, which is less so around, these are my boundaries, respect them. And more so trying to understand, okay, cool. Are you actually okay as a woman? Like what's been going wrong with you? How are you feeling? Because I ain't going to lie to you. If she's out here treating you like parent of these sisters, then you got to sit down and level to her and be like, yo babe, (laughs) what's up? Like, why are you not contributing to yeah. any of these bills and why is the you know responsibility falling heavily on me? So I would encourage you to have those conversations with your mother if you can. Try to start that engagement with your father where you can. Um, that might also lead to a dead end, but I think exploring all options mm-hmm. as much as possible is important um, and try and figure out what that situation is insofar as him contributing to your sister's school fees, their groceries, their upkeeps, knock knock we're at your door baby daddy come and pay for your kids do you know what i mean um so it's a very unfortunate situation but i do think it necessitates those really sticky awkward conversations Mm. and i won't say that it's going to be great in the beginning it might actually hurt a lot and Mm. it might feel like you might feel really uncomfortable um but i definitely definitely encourage that and where your partner is concerned 
again, I think a little bit of distance. I know it's awkward that your mother is out here calling <laughs> him, telling him to marry and all that kind of stuff. But I think just making it clear both to your partner and then to your mother that these are two very distinctive relationships and your um, responsibility to your partner is not the same as your responsibility to your mother. And I think having that kind of like distance, again, maybe like moving in with him a little bit sooner mm-hmm. or having those con- conversations and trying to be a bit more distant mm. um, will really, really help because what you don't want is your relationship with your mother to end up spoiling the relationship that you have with your partner. Mm. Um, that would be very, very unfortunate. So have the conversation with him, reassure him that, you know, this is the situation you're dealing with. It's a little bit toxic at the moment moment i require your patience and support but i very much love you and i want to pursue this with you and please try not to allow you know her constant nagging and you know the issues that she's going on that she's dealing with herself um to affect our relationship and then have the conversation with your mother these are your boundaries right like she has absolutely no right to tell you what you want to do with your partner. She can suggest and she can advise, but insofar as like pressure is concerned, and I think that's something that a lot of folks actually deal with, with, you know, parents being quite overbearing or especially being like an eldest daughter, it can feel as though because you're the breadwinner, there's that like pressure to now go and get married Mm. or like go and get um, additional income and additional support, right? It's not even necessarily about like, you love this person, yeah, you should yeah. get married, but more so, uh, oh, I've seen a, exactly resources and opportunities. So these are all conversations that I do think that you should have. Um, and then the last thing that I'll say is, of course, community is really important. And I, I, I think very, very specific communities as well, right? So definitely thinking about mental health for your mother, trying to get her plugged into those kind of communities. For yourself, finding communities, obviously to my sister, to my sisters is one of them. Um, A great community I've come across recently is Home Girls Unite. Mm. It's specifically for eldest daughters. And there's a lot of women that are dealing with similar issues um, there. So shout out to you guys for doing that important work. Absolutely love what you're doing. Um, And they can also um, provide lots of support, um, further resources that are specific to the issues that you're dealing with. Um, But yes, it's... it's a sticky situation and it's going to be a very bumpy road to resolution. But I think if you stick out, you stick to your guns and stick out the way, you'll come out on the other side. For sure. Um, but yeah, that was my very long-winded answer. No, I, think, I think you actually covered everything. I think that's spot on. I think if your mother can't, if you've established boundaries and your mother can't respect them, then what can we do going forward but to just be like okay now we just have to enforce some kind of distance mm. and that is never pretty enforcing distance is never cute especially with somebody who is used to overstepping your boundaries and it feels like especially when you're an eldest daughter and in this case you have two sisters it feels like there are so many people riding on you maintaining the peace or simply going with the status quo in this situation however it's actually quite dangerous and it will only get worse and so I think it's important for you to be like you know what you're grown like you're actually 47 and I like that you mentioned the mental health aspect but if she doesn't want to pursue help and it doesn't even seem like there's you know a massive mental health issue at play here um not that I want to be insensitive to that because a lot of these things are not visible Mm. however at the same time if you cannot acknowledge that something is going on and you cannot work on it and you cannot verbalize that we have to go on the assumption that to a degree nothing's wrong do you get what I mean and so I think it's important to say you know you're 47 years old you have qualifications you are able to work you not wanting to work, your children are going to starve. I'm so sorry. I know like in my compassion and I'll be giving my siblings money, you know, yeah, siphoning yeah, the money yeah, behind sure. the scenes. For sure. But 
you have to put in her face the reality that I'm going to step away from this position. I'm not, like you said, I'm not their parent. And so figure it out, you know? And I think that pressure, and I think this is actually um, similar to a dilemma we've received before, but mm. I think that sort of pressure of saying, you know what, I'm going to step back and sink or swim. I think a lot of people will actually step up to the plate because there's no longer an opportunity for them to take advantage. And so taking away that option of being like, you know what, I'm not going to be the one who supports you guys anymore mm. um, by moving out if you can or by just stopping, you know? Um, but I do think the whole just stopping thing may be a bit more complicated because then it could come with some serious consequences and repercussions and we don't know how crazy your mum can be and only you know that. And so I think it's important to still do that with wisdom, but it may be worth just doing a slow cutting off of what you make available um, when it comes to the contributions you're making to the household, this situation may not end prettily. I think the likelihood is it's actually going to be quite ugly. And I don't wish that on you, but I just think that's going to be the reality of the situation. If you want to put yourself first, um, your mom's not going to like it, you know? And I, I love that you pulled up, go and find that the father of those children, <laughs> go and find your mom's Hello. ex-husband and be like, yo, what's going on because this isn't just on your mum right and your mum's going to have so many different feelings towards your dad surrounding their divorce um but your dad still has a responsibility if he's your father or your sibling's father your they, they still have a responsibility over making sure that you guys are actually okay and it's not okay for him to have just abandoned um and abdicated that responsibility and I think a lot of times when we talk about eldest daughter syndrome it can be about the toxicity that exists between eldest daughters and their mothers mm. but their mothers are oftentimes under a lot of pressure um this situation hasn't been handled well but sometimes the mothers are under a lot of pressure because we don't talk enough about the invisible fathers or the mm. fathers that just go kind of scot-free and so I think it's important for you to yeah if you can go and pull up this guy and be like yo hey money um and that's just the reality of the situation. And if you can, if you have family members who can also just be like, yo, this is actually what's happening and this is not right. And who will be able to advocate for you or talk some sense to your parents. Um, that may also be really, really helpful, but it may just come down to, yo, I need to take a step back. And that step back looks like moving out. It looks like moving in with my partner. Um, and I love that you mentioned that, okay, if you don't want to get married to your partner and your mother cannot respect that, there may need to be some distance that you put between your mother and your relationship and her ability to have so much of a say that affects you guys. Mm. People can say mm -hmm. what they want, but the question is, are you hearing them? Do you yeah, get what I yeah. mean? And so you may need to actually put distance between you to be able to not hear her opinion anymore when it comes to that matter. Um, and that may actually look like moving out. That may actually look like you and your partner moving in together. And I know um, you said that this is something that you actually plan to do. And like you said, maybe expedite the process and it may not look cute at first it may not be you know the most lavish and most ideal of them all but if you both can make yourselves ready and you feel like you can commit to each other in that way um then do it you know but if you can't if you can't move in with your partner go and look for maybe a flat share or a house share or you know a room mm. look for something that is in, like affordable for you in this situation and baby girl do not drop out of this university 100%. let me tell you right now okay I know it's probably going to be difficult and you're paying your sister school fees and you're probably paying your uni fees or whatever put yourself first your future is really on the line trust me your sisters will be okay your mother cannot be so wicked and I'm, I'm not trying to be so judgmental of her because I don't know but I I would I would like to think that she's not wicked enough to watch her your younger sister suffer 
because you decided that Absolutely. you weren't going to suffer. You know, she's still your mother. And so I do think that you, if you let this university thing go, you're going to have a level of resentment and pain that will be so hard to undo. A, a simple 15 minute answer in a dilemma will not solve that issue. Mm. Therapy may not even solve mm. that issue. Baby girl, You, if you do that, that's a dark hole that impacts the rest of your future. Now there's nothing that you can't come back from, right? However, just don't go on that road in the first place. And so if it yeah. is, you are being pushed to a point where it's like, well, I'm gonna have to drop out of uni. I'm gonna do, do not do that. Do not do that thing. Get people around you who can help you and support you. Um, but put yourself first. Yeah. Really and truly in this situation, you may need to put yourself first because your future relies on this for real. Like for real, for real. Um, so if you can, I know it's easier said than done. And like we said, we're coming from a reg relative place of privilege um, and we don't know your background and your life circumstances. However, if you can stick it out and finish that degree, stick it out and finish that degree. Um yeah 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 man it's tough it's really tough man. it's tough and that's why i wanted to have this whole conversation um since we hope that that answer actually helped you in some way the sisters will definitely give you advice down in the description um, not the description the comment section um from their you know wealth of life experiences and backgrounds and perspectives and so sisters please 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 drop your answers and your suggestions and your advice and wisdom in the comments down below please let's help our sister out um yeah let's let's do that if you're listening to the podcast on all streaming platforms where you've rated us five stars then you can definitely come and <laughs> talk to us on youtube um where we convene uh after <laughs> after this the service that was so good so, yeah oh, yeah you know you that already know the so deal good. i mean that was so so yeah good. to be fair the sisters have been holding it down i, what? At I the... saw our reviews i said firstly we nearly on two thousand reviews sorry spotify hello, hello. um in fact spotify yeah if y'all are listening okay no 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 you yeah go on go on if you guys are listening we're doing something special here um hi hey spotify Good youtube morning. google anyone with money that is listening <laughs> meta mark <laughs> mark <laughs> i know you see those jeff the, I, I, bill <laughs> oprah <laughs> Oprah, no, 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 no. Tyler Perry, somebody. Oh, not Tyler. He gonna have us out here wigs. Those wigs. No, we no, be no, wearing no. wigs anyway. No, but the wigs that oh, he'll have us out. No, no, no. no, but Tyler. If you guys are listening, please SOS. Hello, Jordan this, Peele. This sisterhood has been great, and as you can see, we got a Keep lot Charles, of folks. Let's trust somebody. <laughs> Captain Marvel. I, just, I need somebody at this rate. Even if you just work at these places, shall be advocating. Advocating. We need, we need support. You know. Oh, we need support. If Ad you don't laugh, you'll actually cry. We <laughs> actually, it's actually not that bad because the sisters have been rocking no, with us, and for a self-funded sisterhood, like. You guys have kept this thing running honestly, completely, honestly. right? Um, and there are pros and cons. And to be fair, like as a community, we can actually talk about this because this is not related to this episode whatsoever. I know five Them of you time are stamps, Yeah, that time stamps, yeah, they yeah. will be like But it may be worth having a conversation about ownership and mm -hmm. the sisterhood because mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. now we own 100% of everything. Obviously, there's the community investment and you guys are invested as people. But in terms of like equity, we own everything to do with To My Sisterhood. Yeah. It, is all been, it has all been self-funded and now it's running 
as its own organism, which is actually really yeah, nice. Yeah, and like, yeah. we are so grateful. I don't think we've mentioned that before, but like two of my sisters can sustain itself when it comes to finances. And that's purely because of your support. Um, there are different pros and cons of getting other organizations involved, especially when it comes to not just being a community and not just being a brand, but actually being a place of social impact mm. and actually wanting to equip women yeah. with resources, be charitable and be so much more, helping you guys find friendship, like so much more than just a podcast. It takes money, but also there is um, there are consequences to taking money for doing that. So sure. it may be worth having a conversation because we are not dictators. We yeah. actually want your input and um, you know we've we've ran businesses before but we ain't bill gates you know hello you know what maybe at some point we do like a, a live or something yeah we just have just like one open conversation it. and chat with the sisters yeah we haven't done a live in a minute but it would we be good to it. get um you know folks's thoughts around like ownership yeah obviously we are due to take our like annual leave very soon very very soon very so soon. watch out the grab we about to populate some stuff um <laughs> where we actually have a time where we come together and think about the vision and the direction and the future of two my sisters and obviously we've got so much in store for 2023 but this is something that we want to do for the long term and we very much want this to be a community oriented vision um as courtney stated social impact is really at the heart of what we do yeah we're still currently working on some of the initiatives that we started in tanzania mm -hmm. as well as thinking about in the long term what does it look like to have you know experiences for women um and how we can continue to invest in you know community so for us it's very important that you guys have your say as to how we build that and what is the most sensible you know route because yeah whilst we are very much looking for support we yeah. also want to make sure that it's the right type of support yeah. which is why we're very selective about you know the kind of partnerships we take the people that we work with we don't ever want to i guess sell out in the sense of we don't want to betray our sense yeah. of community and responsibility and that we have vision. to you guys exactly the vision so i think we'll we'll revisit this conversation and yeah. come to you guys and have like maybe a li uh, a live or like an yeah. open forum where we talk about the sisterhood for real for real yeah we know that some of you have found the timestamp where the show is officially starting um <laughs> shout out to all of you have rocked rocked with us in Yo. the pre-show but um yeah so why were we talking about that because all of you who are listening to this podcast um please come over and you know thank you for rating us five stars Honestly. but come over and leave a comment on youtube as yes, well please. and subscribe whilst you're here um yeah there when it comes down to like eldest daughter syndrome we've spoken about this um and a whole episode before and definitely that that episode is really the main context mm. of this one um but i did want to say if you could because you are a resident researcher you know our professor um could you give a little backdrop to uh eldest daughter syndrome and what we mean when we say that mm. so eldest daughter syndrome is typified by this idea that due to very specific um family dynamics the eldest daughter stands as proxy for a parent um it may be in in genuine like proxy as in your parent is absent it may be a mother it may be a father or they may be absent in another way that's intangible so emotionally or financially or physically um there's also the element of culture that can play into eldest daughter syndrome where you know folks that may come from specific cultures have this notion that eldest daughters should be like the mini mothers mm -hmm. Um, and I can't lie, patriarchy also plays into eldest daughter syndrome in the sense that as the mini mom or as the up and coming, you know, female child that's first, you have to subsume these roles as potential future wife or potential uh, mini mother or potential caregiver to your, you know, younger siblings. 
And I think what's very interesting about eldest daughter syndrome is that it operates even in the presence of an older sibling that may be yeah. a male. So yeah, there yeah, may yeah. be, you know, some of you that may have older brothers, for example, but are still feeling the weight of eldest daughter syndrome right. because you are perceived to be the primary or rather the secondary or immediate caregiver. next caregiver. Um, so that's kind of like the, I guess, technical dealings with like eldest daughter syndrome, the way that it manifests. I think the dilemma was actually a really great backdrop yeah. as to one of the ways that it can can manifest. And that's just the subsuming responsibilities that are not yours to carry. So it may be financial responsibilities where you are taking care of your siblings financially or taking care of even your parents financially. Mm. It may be um, in the form of emotional um, provision. So you may be seen as more of a friend to your parents than as, you know, their child. And you may come across as quite motherly or need to come across as quite motherly to your siblings, especially when there's kind of like a generational divide. Mm. So if, you know, your parents are not familiar with the culture, if you're like a first generation migrant family, for example, and your parents are not necessarily familiar with the culture, um, that can create a divide and you become the secondary mother or like um, caregiver because you are more um, well-versed and, yeah. and, and aware. So those are some of the ways that it can also manifest. Of course, there's other ways as well. And this is not to deny before anyone comes for us and like, oh, but that's not the only experience, you know, mm, it's, mm, mm. you know, it, it happens. We to just dying. don't know everything. It's okay. <laughs> Oh, thank you. <laughs> I was going to give a whole disclaimer. This is why I love Courtney. She's like, yeah, we just don't. We just don't. Um, so that's some of the ways that eldest daughter syndromes can manifest. And I think what's really dangerous about um, eldest daughter syndrome is left unchecked mm. or left unresolved. It just becomes a repetitive cycle. Yeah. So it's very, very um, common for eldest daughters to then have the same kind of disdain for their children or re-perpetuate that cycle. So you'll find that for a lot of folks that may have, you know, grown up in cultures where eldest daughters are subsumed as, you know, the, the mother, the secondary mother, Um, They then do the same to their children, especially when it's left unchecked or it may lead to some kind of real serious resentment towards their existing family. So we've had, you know, I'm talking real resentment to your siblings because then they've effectively become your children. Um, Real resentment towards either present or physically absent parents. Um, And it can be quite destructive. I think in other other ways it can manifest over independence yeah now that you know you have literally nobody to come to yeah. and you are the person that everyone comes to you can feel as though the burden of you know having to deal with everybody else's bs means that you need to be independent mm. and you struggle to you know foster relationships with other people because you think that everybody is going to be predatory to yeah. your resources so yeah. yeah that's a little bit about eldest daughter syndrome and mm. i think it's definitely something that at least both me and Courtney resonate in so yeah. far as our actual lived experiences yeah, yeah, yeah. as as eldest daughters. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for giving that background and that context. And I think that was mainly the conversation we had in that last podcast episode. So if you haven't had a listen, go and have a listen. A lot of us sisters united oh, over that episode. <laughs> and it's like one of the ones that people come up to me and they're like, that episode, that was, and I'm like, yeah, that was the one. That was the one. Um, but the question now is, well, beyond that point, now that we've all kind of identified that, okay, this is something that we can relate to, um what do we do beyond that point and it's funny i was having a conversation with my friend nubuke listener of the podcast youtube extraordinaire um she was saying how you know she loves the podcast and now the question when she listens to most of the episodes is we've all connected over these common feelings but now what right Mm. um i think the the thing with eldest daughter syndrome even beyond the 
before we get to this point of saying, you know, do this, set boundaries, you know, how do you move out? Um, how do you leave your household and your siblings without guilt? I think even before confronting this feeling of guilt for putting yourself first, how do you get over the feeling of disappointment and pain mm. for no one putting you first, right? How do you actually get over that? Well. <laughs> <laughs> There's various, various stages. Mm. I think first and foremost, when we're thinking about like the practical steps, I think it can be, as you said, quite easy to kind of say, this is how you move out. This is yeah, what we're going to yeah, do to yeah. kind of like all that kind of stuff. But dealing with the actual emotional burden and the deep trauma that comes from having to be a caregiver, having to be responsible and having to put yourself first when nobody else has put you, put you first, especially when there's no blueprint for it, takes a very long time exactly. takes over i don't have like a 10 step i can give you some suggestions yeah. but i don't and i i i want to make it very clear that your 10 steps will look different depending yeah. on where you're at yeah and i also want you guys to really like not get too frustrated with yourself if your healing isn't very very linear because i think sometimes you hear these kind of things and you identify them and you're like great i'm gonna go on this journey of mm. putting myself first mm. but it's hard mm. and it means that you have to wake up every single day and decide i'm gonna put myself first Facts. And as somebody that's like, you know, um, we're both Christians here and part of the faith, not even part of the faith, the entirety of the faith rests on the, cho the choices that we make mm. every single day. Mm -hmm. The choice to renew your mind daily, mm -hmm. constantly to meditate on the yeah, word. Yeah. And I think when it comes to dealing with healing, that kind of approach, that kind of framework is necessary because healing doesn't come, you know, um, straight away. It doesn't always come straight away, yeah. especially when there's very deep roots to it. Exactly. So every single day you have to wake up and say to yourself, I'm going to put myself first. And these are the ways that I'm going to do it. It might not look the same every single day. So for me, for example, I'm a big journaler. I love journaling. I love like writing down my emotions and mm. my feelings because that's often the way that I articulate myself mm -hmm. best. So find the way that you articulate yourself best. It could be journaling. It could be speaking. Mm -hmm. It could be just something to allow yourself to identify the emotions that you're feeling on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Keep a log of it. And then the decision to put yourself first. Well, how are you going to do that on mm -hmm. a daily basis? So when you're confronted with those decisions and those moments where as an eldest daughter, trauma would dictate your response now that you've committed to healing, you have to make the choice to switch over. Yeah. So, you know, there will be a day where, you know, your sibling is struggling and is coming to you for money again. It might be like the third day in a row. At some point you have to say, look, if I'm putting myself first, I have to do the uncomfortable thing of I've supported you for, you know, X amount of time. I need you to get on your feet and I'm going to support you to do it, but I can't support you in this mm. way because it means that I have to minimize myself and my feelings. And I can't do that anymore because it's actually causing my trauma. Yeah. So th that's like a real practical example, right? I think it really does mean that you also have to confront the fact that you have very low self-esteem if mm. you don't put yourself first. Mm. And I think with a lot of like folks where, you know, you've had to take on that responsibility by virtue of somebody else being absent or just different family dynamics, we can often think that because we take on that responsibility, we're important, mm. but that means we're actually equating our self-worth with that responsibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when we do shrug it off, mm. it becomes weird, uncomfortable, and suddenly you're kind of like, oh my God, insecure, mm. because a lot of your identity has rested in how much you can provide for someone, yeah, even though it wasn't good. your mantle to take up yeah, in the yeah, first yeah, place. Yeah, yeah. So you also have to do the work of divorcing this idea of the self with how much you can provide in a role that was never yours in the yeah. first place. And then I also think there's 
there's a lot of merit to defining what your new role will be. I think also in terms of like undoing trauma and undoing the ways in which being an eldest daughter can Mm. often manifest Mm -hmm. outside of being an eldest daughter, who are you? Mm. Have you defined that? Have Mm. you actually sat down and said, okay, cool. Aside from being so-and-so's sister, Mm -hmm. so-and-so's daughter, Mm -hmm. because again, that's, that's what we hear as eldest daughters. You're my daughter. Even the, the phrasing that killed me was the whole, you like, you you owe me. I'm going to say something real controversial to a lot of aunties out there. When you make the conscious decision to bring a child into this world, I don't owe you nothing. It is your responsibility to look after that child. I do not owe you. It nothing. is your responsibility, both of you, both parents, right? Because it takes two to tango. Yeah, yeah. And just because one parent has abdicated their responsibility does not mean that you can use the child that was the product of that tango as proxy yeah. for that absence. Yeah. You cannot do that. It's a really like and look. The single mothers, the single fathers out there that are holding down the fort, because I definitely know that there are some folks that are really holding it down, that are shining examples of single parents in the face of adversity, absence, all that kind of stuff. But for the parents that are allowing their children to step up into roles of responsibility, companionship um, and parentification because of the absence, you are punishing a child that did not have a say into their existence. And it causes such deep trauma and pain to Mm. a child who now doesn't have an identity that they were never allowed to be children in the first place so defining your role might actually be something more of i was actually once a child yeah and i need to do some childlike things exactly discover your childhood passions discover your inner child take the time to actually do things for the sake of doing them without the sense of responsibility defining your identity who are you outside of your responsibilities who are you outside of um who you have to take care of Mm. who are you outside of this false responsibility that has been put on your shoulders from god knows how long and you know from god knows how um when young. you came into the world, yeah. how young you were, who are you outside of that? Once, you, once you've defined your role, live that every day. Mm. Choose to live that every day. Mm-hmm. I've really rambled on, but- that's, No, that that's was, was excellent. Say. And that was spot on. Like that was so spot on. And I think reconnecting with the fact that you are a priority and you have to make yourself a priority. You need to find yourself looking at life through the lens of- I can no longer deprioritize my feelings and my emotions and keep learning to sacrifice for the sake of everybody else. And I think it's it's interesting because when, you know, parents parentify their children, oftentimes they expect from them the responsibility and the maturity that they fail to show. And it's easy. It's easy to expect that of other people and to not live up to it yourself. But the point of the matter is you are not a parent yet. These are not your children, right? And we have, you know, we are our sister's keepers. We are our brother's keepers, whatever. But there is only so much that we can do in the role of brother or sister because we are not your parent. That that element of giving you identity cannot come from us. And when they're... where there, when there is that displacement, when you appear, because that's what you are, when mm. you appear, have to give identity to somebody else, you lose yours. You actually do not understand anymore who you are. And you're stepping into responsibilities that you were not graced for. Um, and I think that leads to a whole bunch of exhaustion. It leads to a whole bunch of burnout. And so the first thing I would say is, 
if you're trying to start with this process of like, okay, putting myself first, setting boundaries, the first thing you need to do, baby girl, is rest. You actually need to breathe. You have been in a place of tension for so, so long. Holding your breath, using your last dime (laughs) to make sure that everything has been kept together. And you've been doing it at the expense of your own emotional well-being, Mm -hmm. of your own mental health, of your own feeling of safety and security. You need to exhale. You have been waiting to exhale. (laughs) You need to exhale. Um, And a lot of us don't. We don't take that because then the the realities of adulting kick in, right? And it's like, ah, you can't excel because because of living crisis and go and move out. And, you know, you're moving in with your partner or whatever. Like things, responsibilities are coming at you hard and fast. And the world tells you, don't be a kid. You can't be a kid anymore. Mm. And it's like, but I was never a kid in the first place. Mm. I've never been a kid, right? So take time to rest. And that could look like, you know, doing the whole slow, soft life, whatever. It could look like, you know, taking yourselves on the slow, low trips and doing the whole radical Stella got her groove back kind of thing. Mm. Or it can also be just taking time to go to therapy or just sitting in your room and breathing and just having times in your day, every day. I love that you emphasize that every day to just decompress. And even if it's like, and a lot of these things can manifest in your body, even if it's just taking time to stretch, taking time to sit and collect your thoughts, taking time to write, taking time to cry. Even if you're not a crier, taking time to shout, whatever it is, find a space, even a person who will give you the room to decompress Mm. and just exhale. Um, And that could be friends, that could be sisters. And this is why friendship is actually so important because you need somebody who doesn't have those expectations of you to mother them or to provide for them or just to be you, right? Um, And going and finding that safe space in that friendship to be able to just let it, let it all out um, and just breathe is important. And I think that's why so many of us just feel tired, so young and yet so tired. tired. And it's like, y'all... We have to rest. We actually have to rest in order to heal. Lay your head down somewhere. Um, please, <laughs> please. So yeah, there's that. And I, I think the the second thing when it comes to trying to forgive the people that let you down is mm. acknowledging that they actually let you down. Mm. Um, and maybe having that conversation with them that, hey, I feel let down. And some parents are not open to having that kind of oh, conversation. Boy. And I'm not going to be, you know, stupid and say, just bring it up anyway, because sometimes that could have serious repercussions. And some parents still have belts in their closets that they will happily fling at your head, no matter how old you are. Um, and that's a whole different level of toxicity we need to address in certain communities however i do think it's important to if you can have that conversation just be like you know what i know maybe this was not your intention but this is actually how i feel but if you have parents that don't want to listen at least have that conversation with yourself Mm. i think sometimes we Mm -hmm. avoid having conversations or even acknowledging that certain topics need to be addressed in our lives because we know that the person who actually needs to be addressed won't hear but the question is are you even ready to say right are you even ready to have you actually reconciled or come to grips with the fact that this has actually happened to you and these are the emotions that have happened as a consequence you feel rejected you feel alone you feel like no one was has ever been there for you these are all issues which whether you express them or not they're in they are inside of you hun they are inside of you babes you know um confront those confront those if even if you cannot confront the person confront those emotions um and that can come again journaling therapy talking to friends talking to people who have been in similar experiences who you can bounce off of and can make you realize actually yeah this is actually how I feel um and then you work 
accordingly. And sometimes you you just have to give, forgive people, but you don't have to stay in their presence and you mm. don't have to, you know, allow the relationship to remain in the same state. Um, and that kind of brings us to the conversation of, okay, once you've done that personal healing, once you've had that time of rest and you've confronted the fact that this is how being an eldest daughter who has been parentified or allowed to be taken advantage of or exploited has made me feel, how do you then flee the nest with guilt now this is this is a huge um if you are an eldest daughter (laughs) let me just give this disclaimer we are not saying that fleeing the nest is the only option to get yourself out (laughs) of a a toxic or dysfunctional dynamic with your parents um we are firm believers in healing reconciliation all of that i think family relationships can easily be repaired. And before I moved out of my home um, where I live with my mom and my sister, there was a lot of reconciliation and healing that took place. However, I've been seeing a lot of the girls on the internet talk about how amazing it is to at least for a while have that period of just being an independent young woman Mm -hmm. who isn't married, but isn't living in her parents' house, is just doing her. And of course it comes with, you know, needing to have the resources to be able to do that. And not everybody can, but I do think it's a valuable time to be able to can to have if you can have it um but yeah i just wanted to give that disclaimer that we're not saying you're an eldest daughter run out of the house right now take your keys take (laughs) your shoes because there is no bed in you for you to sleep here i could we said this couch can be for 48 hours (laughs) after that either we are filing a missing persons report or you gotta go home (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry she said there's a 48 hour (laughs) expiration date on this yeah um but with that being said, mm. how do you go about leaving the nest? I mm. guess from a practical point mm-hmm, point of mm-hmm. view as well, um, but also with, and how do you deal with the feelings of guilt that yeah, may arise yeah, yeah. in putting yourself first? Sure, like sure. That? I'll start with the uh, practical stuff yeah. and then I'll, I'll go on to the guilt. In terms of practical stuff, I think one of the biggest contributors to the manifestation of like elders daughter syndrome is loneliness mm. on the part of our parents. Mm. And I think that they're, over um investment in this family structure this family dynamic has actually hindered them from doing a lot in their own time Mm. i think that for us as eldest daughters in this time we actually have the opportunity to change that story so in terms of like practicalities if you are trying to flee the the nest you need community Mm -hmm. and you need sisters yo i could not have (laughs) been out here by myself without courtney but you were though i was but but even i mean (laughs) You were. I mean, this place is nice. <laughs> Where I was before was okay. This is nice. This is lavish. This is like, you know, when people come over, oh my God, your, your house is nice. I was like, thank you. I live here with Gordon. Um, But even that, like thinking about like house shares or thinking mm. about like roommates and stuff like that, it's actually made easier if you actually group together exactly. or bunch together yeah, with yeah. people that you actually like. Yeah. And I know that people will say, oh, you know, like I can't live with my friend. She's crazy. Or like, I can't live with my friend at ETC. We need to do a whole episode on that. Sorry, this episode is full of tangents. <laughs> so many people are really confused at the fact that like Renee and I have lived together for over a year. We've been friends for nearly 10 years, right? We don't fight. Like I don't, are y'all just... You like, did you have like no describe. home training or something? <laughs> <laughs> the issue has got to be some of you guys. Do you get what I mean? Because... Um, now, don't get me wrong. It's not that everything's perfect all the time, but we're just here slumber party every night. We're two <laughs> human beings with lives. Um, but also it's like, why do people think that female friendship and female proximity has to be filled with yeah, so much drama yeah, yeah, and tension? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's a whole episode in itself. But Honestly, continue. no, I've, that is a whole episode. Um, I do think that, 
what does contribute to it though is this whole notion that we shouldn't be working on these relationships like mm. they should we mm, should just mm, come mm, together mm, and mm. things should be perfect mm. whereas if it was a romantic relationship everyone's like oh you've got to work to define yeah. proximities and boundaries i think what's actually worked so well for us is we've been upfront from the get-go yeah, 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 yeah. if i'm tired or if courtney's tired she's, she's tired she needs her work. space do you yeah. know what i mean and like trust in the fact that you know your friends and you've actually built in that intimacy to be able to like pick up cues or like start to mm. um, understand. And I think one thing that's actually, I've been more so relearning and really re-understanding is this whole notion of servanthood and having a servant mindset mm. when it comes to the relationships that you do have. Mm. And I'm not saying be a doormat, yeah. but it's more so a, how can I serve this person today? And mm. two people actually having two people come together and say, look, I'm trying to serve you. You're trying yeah. to serve me, especially in friendship there won't be passa or if mm. there is conflict and passa the priority is servitude yeah. so i do think that it, even in thinking about practicalities oh i want to move out it might be a partner it might be a friend it might be a group of friends coming yeah. together and saying you know what rental prices right now are mad but yeah. if there's three of us tackling this at yeah. the same time then the price decreases yep, a little yep, bit yep, 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 yep. so colleagues maybe start even. colleagues even maybe start having the conversations around what are my best feasible options mm. because you don't actually have to stay at home if you don't want to yeah granted it's quite expensive cost of living crisis etc Boy. however there are options there are house shares there are um flat shares there are friends if yeah. you girl if you don't have friends it's now time to be making it's friends time. if not tap into that boss babe content Hello? i'm telling you Hello? make step your money up because Hello? as much as and don't be discouraged because i think a lot of people will have this desire of like i want to move out but obviously the news and everything which is very real the economic mm. crisis globally is very real um but do not be discouraged people are still and you can see evidence of it in the sister who come to that pursue yep. your goals with confidence panel um yeah, 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 yeah. people are still buying houses they're still making investments they're still growing their income um they are still helping each other as well and there's so much value in pooling your resources together and that's a huge element of sisterhood as mm. well the advancement that comes with having the ability to pull your resources together with another woman who needs what you have and you need what she has as well sure. um, it can take you far so don't be discouraged you could still do it in this time you're probably not going to be able to do it in the way that you envisioned which mm. is why i brought up the whole you were living by yourself before you live with me yeah. a lot of us see ourselves stepping into these really luxury like high-end apartments and it's like girl you might have to live in the one room and you know what like we're living in this generation where everything has to be super lavish you know and like you know the first place I move into is the place I'm gonna buy or the first place I move into is gonna be this lovely new place some of us are going to be moving into most of us are going to be moving into normal houses with normal wallpaper no the wallpaper might not even be nice do you get what i mean like it's not gonna be that and a lot of our parents started that way and it's like you can create a good life from those humble beginnings mm. right um don't despise those days of small beginnings yeah. especially if it gives you peace of mind yeah for sure for sure so i definitely recommend pooling your resource in maybe start down a peg yeah. you know and really get to grips with just being an independent person yeah. i think also what's really pivotal especially if you're moving out for the first time mm. having to deal with bills that are actually just yours yeah like having to deal with the whole okay i'm paying rent for myself and i'm looking after myself and i'm you know what does it take to maintain me i think a lot of us don't have a notion of that because we are so used to taking care of other people mm. in a very specific context one like random example i can give is like when i started move, like living by myself I had no idea what portion sizes to make for myself because <laughs> I was so used to just making food for like a yeah, family yeah. so and I realized this is not financially expedient and I'm actually one person so it's <laughs> fine for me meal prep has changed my life because mm. I'm just like okay cool I can make food for myself yeah. right now that's cool um so even little things like that where you actually get 
the opportunity to be independent but within community yeah. i definitely recommend and of course if you are a babe that's a high earner and you can afford your apartment by yourself Go then do your, your do your do your thing babe sorry is that you buddy but equally if you're in a financial position where it's a bit difficult mm. house shares flat shares those kind of stuff yeah. we might even have to start a little friend in tms or something of like different countries and then yeah. like folks that are looking like, for looking roommates. for rooms and stuff like that um, so on the practical side, those are the kind of things that you could do. And then if you can't flee the nest like immediately, I would definitely recommend if you have the at least the budget for it, mm. going on like mini breaks and stuff like that or going on like excursions that allow you to take yourself yeah. out of the house where you can. Um, if you have like a partner or a friend that allows you to like crash at their place for a couple of mm. days or if you have any like family members that have already moved out that you can stay with for, for a couple of days that can also help like jumpstart just yeah. your vision and yeah. your thoughts around like moving out and stuff like that so creating those elements of distance physical distance is super important in terms of like dealing with the guilt mm. i ain't gonna lie to you you might have to make the move before the guilt catches up Ooh. because <laughs> Because if you wait for your guilt to subside, I think that when you're in close proximity with an issue, the issue is highlighted. Mm. It's in bold, italics, everything. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's like, picture a crack on like the wall across from us where we're recording, mm. right? I can barely see it because I'm far away. Mm. But if I am close to it, like my face is really here yeah. and the crack is here, I can see it all the time. Yeah. It, it's going to yeah, bother yeah, me yeah, because yeah, it's yeah. in my like. Yeah. And I'm definitely the kind of person and I think you're the kind of person where when there's a problem nearby or when there's an issue in like your line of sight, it's there. Yeah, like, yeah. Processed it, yeah. it's there. Um, the thing about guilt, when you're in close proximity and just emotions in general, but negative emotions, mm. when you are in close proximity with the issue at hand, the mm. guilt will not subside mm. unless you are proactive, proactively um, facilitating resolution even then the guilt will still be there. Mm. So I genuinely am a believer of sometimes you actually have to do something drastic and then allow the distance from the situation to give you the sight, the mm. space and the opportunity to really reflect mm. um, and really think about it and really allow those emotions to settle. It's like staying in a heightened state for pretty much all of the time. Mm. You never have that peace of mind or yeah, just that yeah. opportunity yeah. to move away from it. So I think definitely start with the proximity stuff and trying to get away and get like some kind of distance it might not be like sustained physical distance mm. again it might take you a while to like move out and it might take you a while to gather your things but when you do have the moments to yourself the long walks when you do have the excursions when you do go out with your friends take that as an opportunity to really focus on being present mm. enjoying yourself mm. being with your friends with your community take that as an opportunity to really distance yourself from that guilt mm. um and also rest in the fact that you really do need to affirm yourself that this is not your responsibility Ooh, affirm that might need to be your affirmation you might need to write it down you might need to get a hoodie Jeez. we might start a hoodie line of just affirmations Jeez. this is not my responsibility yeah it is not there is, yo, there's some sisters that are listening to this right now that the burden, the overwhelming stench <laughs> of false, because <laughs> it's a stench of the false, aroma, the aroma, okay, <laughs> of false responsibility <laughs> is hanging out. It's like shackles yeah, on their yeah, legs. Yeah. Yeah, Just yeah, like, yeah. yo, you know, like the, oh, heaven forgive me, the hunchback of Notre Dame. Yeah. Some of you guys be walking just like that broke, because just broken. broke. Your back is just humped Bent. over from responsibilities that you yeah. were never meant to carry. Yeah. It's like going to the gym without practicing and then trying to squat 100 kg. That thing will fold yeah, you so yeah, quickly. Yeah, you'll be yeah, out here yeah. looking like a prawn. Yeah, yeah, Like yeah. <laughs> sit with the fact, like genuinely affirm yourself. This is not my responsibility. Yeah. It is not. Yeah. 
it is not your responsibility, especially, especially when you are not to be um, held accountable for decisions that you did not make. So if you are in an environment or circumstance, especially within a family dynamic yeah. and your primary caregivers have made some ill-informed, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but because we yeah, do yeah, have yeah, to, yeah, yeah. even thinking about parents and even me thinking about like us looking ahead as potential parents, there is a weightiness to the decisions that we make, especially concerning our family. Yeah. Obviously, you know, sometimes things happen and things don't go to plan, but when conscious decisions are made and they don't go to plan, the circumstances that arise when they are not of your doing, you need to shirk off responsibility. Even when we say like, look, we talk about that generational trauma yeah. and stuff like that. I think that some people internalize that as I have to be the person that sim- like just everywhere liber- brings up my family <laughs> by their britches. I will break <laughs> generational tra- I'm holding it like this. I'm breaking it. Breaking the chains wow. of generational, generational trauma. trauma. You can't do that. Not on your own. As you cannot do that on your own. Yeah. Generational trauma is generational for it's been building. Mm-hmm. And if you take that by yourself, it's like standing at the edge of a beach looking at, um, do you know what it reminds me of? You know the disappearing islands? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like... Oh my God. For context, when we are the Zanzibar... Guys. Zanzibaris will be listening to this. Even like, praise yeah, God that we are that here with head, you today. We could have folded to you guys. Ooh, we could have folded I just to wanted you. to like make it know that Renee abandoned me on the disappearing islands. I was scared. Um, <laughs> um, no, nah, girl, because I'm not a strong swimmer. No, nah, nah, I hear actually it. A strong swimmer. <laughs> I was like, okay, she gonna be fine. Yo, one day we'll actually tell this full story, but imagine standing on an island where the water just keeps coming higher and higher and they're tending people in boats in batches, yeah? and the prerequisite to be left on the island is who can swim and who's tall i have both of those things why am i relegated to last baby when they says who can swim i say swim well because we're in the middle of the ocean because guys it's not even that we're like it we can see the shore no 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 no. we're in the middle of the the middle of the ocean like you know salty like there's some seafaring creatures around us we're in the middle of the ocean Dealing with generational trauma is like standing on that disappearing island and thinking that you can somehow simultaneously bring the shore back up by yourself. Yeah, yeah. You can't do that, honey. You will. If you can't swim, you will drown. Yeah. So tackling generational trauma doesn't mean that you have to uplift every single family member and be the single-handed reason and facilitator (laughs) of healing in your family it means taking responsibility for what you can Mm. taking responsibility for the things that are of you Mm. right like there are some situations that you have been created that have resulted in your trauma that have resulted in the way that you are you take responsibility for your own your what (laughs) your own piece yeah yeah you take responsibility for For that and stop dragging yourself down with all of these weights that you don't have the training or the capacity to hold so it's actually okay put them down just for a second not even just for a second put them down for a second feel what that feels like yeah i love the um, analogy that you used of breathing out yeah you guys have been holding your breath for a long time yeah 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 yeah. breathe Yeah, yeah 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 actually breathe so so put that down for a second and then revel in that for a moment and then consciously try to create more moments where you can emotionally put that weight down Mm. emotionally remove that weight from your shoulders it might even be like guided meditation and stuff like that where you actually breathe because Mm. genuinely these um stress and and guilt can have like physiological Mm -hmm. impacts on the way that we even carry ourselves like hunched over eye contact stand like good posture all that kind of stuff sit down for just a moment maybe five minutes every single day 
focus on breathing, mm. focus on existing, focus mm-hmm. on being, put the weight down. You cannot carry it alone. Yeah. And really like, again, invest in community. You're not the only one going through this. I remember so many times where we would come together, I'd speak mm-hmm. to Courtney about it, or I'd have conversations with some of my other friends, yeah. or we'd come together in like girls groups and be like, damn, my family wild. And yeah. Oh, yours too? Oh, yeah, my. yeah, yeah. Yo, we're all going through it. Yeah. But simultaneously putting down the weight with other people yeah. makes you realize that actually this burden was not meant to be carried alone. Yeah, come on. And that many people have been carrying it alone, not realizing that there's so much profit in shirking off the weight of responsibility in community. Yeah. But yeah, that's what I was saying. That's so good. That's so spot on. Um, I think the only thing that I would add is oftentimes the guilt that we feel is because of the, it's kind of like a survivor's guilt. Like if mm-hmm. I, if I put myself mm-hmm. first and I actually escape from this situation, there are going to be people who my responsibility is just going to fall on. Um, especially when it comes to having younger siblings and as two people who have younger siblings, I think it's important to, well, I guess if everyone who is an eldest daughter may have younger siblings, Dirk or me. Yeah. But, <laughs> but like when it comes to our younger siblings, I guess the guilt is, you know, it's almost like abandoning your children. Mm. Um, I think it's important to, rem- and this is where you can take a leaf out of, I guess, the parenting books, which is that you cannot control everything. Um, I think as eldest daughters, there is this desire to control our siblings or control their lives or the lives of the people around us because we feel as though we are this great operators who are organizing everybody into the perfect life and into keeping this perfect balance of peace even if it's at our expense if everybody else is staying afloat even if I'm sinking it's okay because this is my new role now um and the guilt can often be if I stop doing this balancing act if I stopped in if I stop you know helping my siblings with their homework or if I stop giving the money towards the bills these lights are gonna go off they're gonna get hungry and they're gonna die and mm. there's always this kind of like <laughs> if I stop even though I don't want to be in this position anymore if I stop things are gonna go they're just gonna finish right yeah one thing that I had to learn um especially in relation to my relationship with my younger sibling was I actually cannot control the outcomes of your life. Mm. And as much as that makes me uncomfortable because I want to ensure that you do not live the life that I did or you do not experience the same pains that I did rather, um, even when it comes to my parents as well, as much as I really want to be there with you and I want to make sure that you are happy and even through all the pains that you have gone through as parents, you still have moments when you laugh and you can still say that you're proud of me and all of that. I actually cannot determine the entire outcomes of your life. Mm. I cannot determine how you feel. Um, I cannot control that. And oftentimes I had to remind myself because I would often be like, oh, I need to be there for so-and-so. Like I need to be there for them. And it's like, you even being them for them you even being there for them in your present state right now is not helpful Mm, it's not helpful to you and it's not helpful to them number one number two you being there does not guarantee that they're actually going to be okay Mm, and sometimes there can even be this guilt of it's like how parents feel like oh and this is why I say this is a leaf we can take out of parenting books it's like your parents can only guide you But even at some point, they have to take their hands off of you and you have to figure it out. And sometimes we experience this guilt with our with our 
siblings and we begin to infantilize them because we don't want to take our hands off of them and it then becomes disappointing when they start being like yo i am my own person Mm -hmm. or you know hey you're you're trying to control this too much or i know in one season i was dependent on you but now i want my independence and it feels to a degree like betrayal and it feels like you're then losing your identity because it's like my whole identity has been mothering you and now you don't need a mother yeah you know and it can and this that's something i went through personally and that can breed um feelings of resentment in itself but Mm. also i think it's important to realize that that guilt that you're feeling because you don't want to leave anyone else behind at some point you're going to have to take your hands off this thing anyway because it wasn't yours to carry in the first place number one and number two at some point it's going to want its independence from you whether that be your parents you know going on and pursuing the rest of their lives and oftentimes with parentification as an oldest daughter your your parents have already taken their hands off of the the situation Mm. it's you who has your hands on the situation trying to hold it all together um but the truth of the matter is you cannot control any of these outcomes and so even if you do feel guilty about the fact that like oh but i don't want to leave people behind and i don't know how they'll fare without me Mm. you're not god like you actually cannot have this god complex about you that i've been holding this family together for so long i and this is why the faith element was a huge one for me one of my friends came up to me she was like courtney you are not god like you the same way that god has been preserving you and no one's had their hands on you Mm. you have to trust the fact that if you take your hands off this situation god is going to preserve that there is no way you can start playing god in this situation and thinking that well if i take a step back everything is going to crumble no life is going to figure it out god's going to have their back like you actually have to take a step back and remember that the same way you've been carrying yourself through life independently without anybody putting you first if you stop making them first in your life they're still going to be someone else's priority and their survival and their provision and their their joy and their future is not in your hands alone Mm -hmm. you are just a part of the picture and that's a i guess a flip side that we haven't really talked about when it comes to eldest daughter syndrome which is you become a bigger part of the picture than you actually are which is why i love that you brought up about the generational trauma and the generational curses is i know we're in the life we're in the time of romanticize your life main character energy and you know putting yourself first and all of that but baby girl you are not the whole picture especially in everybody else's life and i know you've had a lot of weight and responsibility put on you but once you're what it's like when like (laughs) You know when like, okay, you you are living your life, right? And you've succeeded or you fell, whatever. But your parents want to take all the glory for everything you've wild, done. And wild. it's like, you were just a part of this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I had my friends and you were a big part of this. Mm-hmm. You were the foundational part of this. But I had my friends, I've had my teachers, mm-hmm. I've had, you know, the people around me have given me resources. We've got this online community. I've got my businesses. It's me. Like, I've had a huge part of it. Jesus. Like, all of these things. It's like, you're just, a big, you're just a part. Mm-hmm. But to your parents, it's like, but you've been my everything, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah. But you were just a part of this picture. And a lot of us as as eldest daughters may get into this trap of feeling like, I gave my everything for this. And it's like, okay, yeah, but you were just a part. You were just a part to play. Your siblings had a part to play. Your parents have a part to play. Not just in the mess, but also in the survival and in the in the preservation and the persevering of your family unit. It's not just all about you. And because of that, once I started to realize, oh, I'm actually not the one who's keeping my sister alive. Yeah. I'm actually not the one who's keeping my mother alive. Like, you know what? If I took my hands off this thing, they're actually not going to drown. 
do you get what I mean? Like it's actually not me. And sometimes we can get this hyperinflated sense of just how much we are doing. And don't get me wrong, you're probably doing way more than you should be doing. Yeah. And you're probably doing yeah. a lot. And it seems to be consuming all of your emotional and mental capacity and physical resources as well. However, you're just a part of the picture. Mm. And sometimes that's a hard reality to sit with. But I think it's the most liberating reality really to sit is. with. The fact that if I leave, this thing will not crumble to the ground. Yeah. And even if it does start breaking apart, someone's going to have to find the super glue and it's not going to be and me. it's absolutely not you. I do think that the guilt that a lot of us feel is like a survivor's guilt. Mm. And the more we research into survivor's so guilt, true. the more I'll have to say. But I do think... <laughs> she said addendum, <laughs> appendix. Just a note to self. <laughs> but um, I do think that that survivor's guilt is something that we need to overcome, number mm. one. Number two, our siblings, um, they will live without us. I can guarantee you they will live without us. And the thing is, what's so beautiful about that is it allows you to step into a role. And I think I wrote about this briefly in our book, but like mm. it allows you to step into a role of actually developing friendship yeah. in your with your siblings, which you probably haven't had up until this point because you have been their parent yeah. and it hasn't left room for friendship. And then growing that relationship now where you can actually be friends, you can actually be a confidant, you can be an encourager, you can be somebody who has let Honestly, into their life and you can see them as as a person and as a personality and not just a responsibility and a burden completely changes the uh, relationship and it brings a beautiful dynamic to it um, which oftentimes you cannot see mm. um and I do think if it does you know come with well my parents feel like I betrayed them and they'll have to get over it because one thing no no no, they'll have to get over it they'll have to get over it because I love that you brought up about us one day being parents I think one thing that is so sobering about knowing that one day you're going to be a parent is that knowing that you cannot blame this person you mm -hmm. actually cannot blame your child you actually cannot blame the person who you chose to bring into the world right yeah. and obviously we know there are so many different circumstances and um situations which bring people um that people bring children into yeah, um, yeah. and sometimes it is not by choice however for the majority of our parents it yeah. was by choice let's be real and so I do think it's important to have a, a, a good sit down with yourselves and this is why I want more people to do more work when it comes to actually talking and supporting parents mm. past the infant stage like yeah. past the whole oh yeah, you're about yeah. to have a baby here are books about how to have babies yep, yep, yep. and it's like no we need I also need us to write books about raising children that have cultural context and I need us to all get into communities which actually help us and hope will be that generation which help us past the point of our children turning five or whatever mm. and trying to get them into good schools how do we actually parent these children into adults who are whole and happy and have good relationships with us as their parents right um having those having that realization of you know what someone's going to be my whole responsibility yeah, and we cannot afford it. to drop the ball on that. We will drop the ball in certain aspects. We're not going to be parent, perfect parents. However, we are going to damn well try. Absolutely. Oh, and we're going to try hard. Mm -hmm. And that's the commitment to keep trying. And eldest daughter syndrome and I guess parentification is when your parents can kind of lifted up their hand and been like, I'm so tired. I don't even want to try. And that's what feels like the betrayal, mm. right? Um, Hopefully we won't be those parents. Hopefully we won't. But we'll be. be here to support each other to make sure we don't become those parents for 100%. sure. So on that note, sisters, we hope that you have enjoyed this episode and that you actually plug into the sisterhood so that we can all do this life thing together. It's so all much right? more fun, man, when you got people on the road with I you. I know that's right. I know that's right. Um, so sisters, if you want to plug into the sisterhood, subscribe here on YouTube. 
follow the podcast on all podcast streaming platforms so that every time we upload you get a little notification that says hey they've put up an episode yep every sunday baby absolutely every sunday Ooh, every sunday every su- yeah every sunday <laughs> <laughs> It's been a long yeah, two yeah, years, yeah. Baby. It really has, but you know what? We give God all the glory. But yeah, make sure that you follow and subscribe and all of that jazz. Make sure that you follow us on um, social media. It's at To My Sisterhood, literally everywhere: Everything. TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, everywhere. Find us <laughs> <laughs> at To My Sisterhood. Come and enjoy the conversations oh, and the content, and then come and meet some of the girlies as well for sure and make sure that you follow our individual journeys as well the lovely at cd boateng she's got a wealth of content and she's really giving us digital nomad she's actually just returned from her this morning she's just returned from her italian leg courtesy of my sugar mama let's not ignore that (laughs) just to let you know you can't have my best friend but she paid for me to go to italy i'm screaming hashtag flew out yes not by a sugar daddy no porta potties over here (laughs) (laughs) but no we need to we need (laughs) (laughs) we need to normalize that (laughs) That's an after hours conversation because what the sisters are doing for money out in Dubai. I said, no, 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 God, wrap it up. Oh, wow. Wrap it up. After hours conversation, we'll talk about that, sisters. But no, we need to normalize like splurging on our friends and stuff like that. But anyway, sisters, you get it. Follow the babe. Yeah. And also follow me at Renee Yes. And of course, if you haven't signed up to the mailing list, it's you that you're doing at this point, actually. Really and truly. It's embarrassing. (laughs) <laughs> embarrassing i don't want to be in the position especially with everything coming up in 2023 yeah. this is the last quarter this is the last chance to get your Crazy. stuff together okay Crazy. so you wrap it up there was a question that somebody asked me recently Let's see is there going to be a vision 23 we're gonna park that for now <laughs> because there's a lot we'll go- see. yeah we'll see because there's a lot going on because you guys really be forgetting that you know there's experiences to be had international experiences coming up the book is coming out and i think that necessitates a get together so i just want to say this is your last chance <laughs> to sign up to that mailing list this is my last we will chance. let you if you want to know about vision have the vision
No, but the thing is, the thing that's making me laugh at him, uh, there's somebody listening to this that doesn't have a clue what we're talking about and you need to get on TikTok. You've got to put the video in. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the one where the girl was like, <laughs> when you saw that the Proverbs 31 women woke up early, but you keep snoozing your alarm? What? <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, we spent all of our... Our free time on TikTok. Oh my god! No, we're, we're boss babes that do self development. Our current, our current fame <laughs> is the guy that keeps us on to entire school musical songs. That's my current favorite. <laughs> oh, that one last chance thing is actually. No, do you know how funny that is? Sorry, sorry, no, okay, we're closing no, no, up no, the episode. Up, I don't even up. think the theme tune is long enough. List, to yeah, no, mailing like, list, mailing yeah, list yeah, below. Yeah. Just uh, sign, sign up, sign up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Peace and love. Have a great week. Uh, <laughs> 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 Cheerio. Glow <laughs> and grow. As they say. Nah, okay, yeah, do that thing. Be going. Glow and grow. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.